You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth with you. And it is time to look at the AFC Championship game. We just had TA on. He was giving us his thoughts. And man, Joe, we talked about it. If you like the Ravens, get it when it was minus three. Now we're seeing three and a half, fours out there. I'll let you go over your thoughts first, but it feels like to me, it's like the rich are getting richer with the Ravens. You got Mark Andrews coming back. They're healthier. I'm starting to like the Ravens side more and more. Uh, Marlon Humphrey also. He was limited in practice yesterday. I I would think that he's going to be out there to, to add to this really strong defense that they already have. I get it. I'm there. Um, I, yeah, I like the Ravens when it was a juice three, I'm surprised we're seeing fours now. Couple spots we're starting to see fours pop. I find it a little surprising because I thought that as we got closer to the weekend, like this is one of those games where the public could drive things a little bit because everybody that bets is going to have a wager on this game, especially if you're picking between the two. It's going to be the AFC Championship, the more high-profile game, the one with the uh, the two great quarterbacks, both likely to be in the Hall of Fame. Like that's the track that both of them are on right now. Um, it's just like, okay, if you're trying to come up with the Chiefs advantage, where do you go? Obviously, people are going to say Mahomes, but on the other side, you obviously have Lamar. And, and what is Lamar's biggest strength? Legs. And what do the Chiefs struggle at on defense? Stopping the run. And the Ravens have a great run game, so that's I see that as a big strength versus weakness. But part of that is because... It is so difficult, as we've been discussing all week, to find Ravens issues. Like, where do you poke holes in this roster where the Chiefs can really attack? And um, and PJ, like, it's it's fine if you want to say that the Chiefs are look are playing their best ball of the year. They are, but there's a huge caveat. Like, this isn't just stepping up a level. This is actually stepping up multiple levels. You had some. I would say mid-range defenses this year that you played in the Dolphins and the Bills. So you had middle-of-the-pack defenses missing impactful players. So really, they're kind of near the bottom with what you were, what you were seeing out there. So I, I don't think we should go too far. It's uh, how much do you want to buy into the history of Mahomes as an underdog? Th- even at three and a half, 
I still like the Ravens, even though I'm saying take them out of juice three. I'm with you. PJ, you like your Ravens to win, but the question is, are they going to cover? That is the question. And uh, I'm leaning your way as well. I'd obviously like them much better at three, but I still like them three and a half. I mean, you got to lay minus 115 juice. So this line's going to four before it's going back to three. And like odds makers know that obviously they're giving the ultimate key number in football for an underdog. And you're taking Mahomes, who's nine and one and one against the spread as a dog. But I thought TA said something that was really interesting where he has this game power rate is like Ravens six, six and a half. And I agree. Like, I think the Ravens are clearly the better team than the Chiefs. But obviously, it's one game, and it's Mahomes, who's been to six straight AFC Championship games now. Lamar's never got to this point. And I think playing on the road, much like last week for Kansas City, like they have this chip on their shoulder, uh, you know, to try and prove that they can still get to the Super Bowl and they don't have to go through Arrowhead. The Ravens are a team, though, guys, that they just play to the level of their competition and when they play good teams, like it just brings the best out of them. Aaron, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. 11 wins this season against teams with a 500 record or better. Nine of those by two scores or more, 14 points or more. The three games that they played this season that were against teams that were lower than a 500 record were against Arizona, who they only won by seven. Tennessee, who they only won by eight. And then the Chargers, they won by 10, but that was the Zay Flowers touchdown at the end where they easily could have won by three. So it's what the Ravens do. When they go up against those teams that they should beat, they really don't beat them by as badly as you would think. And then when they go up against the San Francisco's, when they play the Miami's, the Detroit's, all these teams, that's when you get their best effort. So they're just, they're so complete. I mean, they have the MVP at quarterback. They won the triple crown on defense this year, guys. They were first or tied for first in points per game allowed, takeaways, and sacks. First defense to ever do that. Complete on defense. And then they got Justin Tucker as their kicker. So all three phases, they are as good as it gets. And that's why I like them this week. I just think they're the better team. And, uh, you know, playing the best team just brings the best out of them. Mm. See, the tweets are going to say, the glass man gassing up alt spreads on the Ravens. That's what it's going to say. That's what they're going to say in the clip. all those people that came for you, they're going to come for me this week. They're all coming uh, for you me. Can have them. Yeah. You can have them. But uh, also, I wanted to add, like, the Lamar Todd Munkin thing. Like, it has been awesome. You know, we were wondering what mm-hmm. this offense is going to look like. He finally has weapons. Like, I'm just happy for Lamar because so many people, oh, he can't throw, he can't throw. Well, he really only had Mark Andrews, you know, and sometimes not even him. And now he's got weapons on weapons. So I'm happy for him. When it comes to Mark Andrews, PJ, you were asking TA about this. I kind of feel like the Isaiah likely thing has been working. So that to me is a tricky one when you're looking at the prop market. Like I might just stay away on both of those guys. Lamar's uh, rushing prop 64 and a half is minus 115 at BetMGM. Rush attempts 10 and a half. The over is only minus 108. Um, Pacheco with that turf toe. I mean, Paul knows all about toes. He told me to watch out for players with turf toe. So I'll probably stay Holy. away from Pacheco as well. Wow. <laughs> okay. Could take that a lot of, a lot of directions. Um, I think what you just said about Munkin is interesting because that that's another angle. When you look at offensive uh, coaches versus defensive, like Munkin against Spags, 
Spags in the playoffs, like he has been phenomenal over the years. You know he's going to dial some stuff up that they have not seen, that Lamar hasn't seen yet. And then also, you know, Reed against McDonald, a, a guy that could very well get a head coaching gig here uh, once the season wraps up. Like, just these coaching staffs, they're, they're, it's elite versus elite every which way you look at it. I can't wait for the chess match between Andy Reid and Mike McDonald because they haven't faced off against one another yet. So, you know, you look at McDonald and what he's been able to do some of the elite offenses this year, especially that Shanahan coaching tree against the Niners. He forced five interceptions against them. The Dolphins, they held in check. What he was able to do against the Lions earlier this year, Ben Johnson, Seattle only scored three points against them. You know, Houston played Baltimore twice, and they didn't score an offensive touchdown in either of those games. So Mike McDonald is one of the best defensive coordinators. He's done an incredible job, and now he might be getting Marlon Humphrey back this week to just help give them another corner. Um, That's why I kind of like the under in the game, too, guys, at like 44-and-a-half. I know a lot of people will probably like the over because of the two quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. but both defenses are just really solid. I think another look in this game, too, would be the second-half under like if we get a similar score to what we got with bills chiefs last week where it was 17 13 at halftime kansas city the last six weeks that they have played haven't given up more than seven points in the second half and baltimore pitched Mm. a shutout last week against houston in the second half as well spags and mike mcdonald both of their abilities to adjust at halftime is just it's really really good even going up against these two quarterbacks so you know, it's it's a tough game to bet, like, prop-wise. And, uh, you know, obviously with the spread being at three and a half, like, that's a little tough, too. But I do I do like the under 44 and a half in the game. So everyone's targeting Ravens rushers, right? Whether it's Lamar or going to the backfield. And, Peach, like that's something I've talked about throughout the season. Like, okay, great. Yeah, they're awesome at running the ball. I don't know who's getting it. I don't know how they're they're going to mix those guys in and out if you're not going with Lamar, if you're going with those backs. So I think it's easy to say, like, oh, yeah, the Chiefs' rush defense really struggles, but are you sure how they're going to use it? Are, are they more willing to run Lamar in the playoffs as opposed to the regular season because it's playoff time? And is it going to be Gus? Is it going to be Hill? You know, Is it going to be Cook? Like, I, I don't know how that's going to play out. I really like Justice Hill this week. That would be the guy that I would target. Gus just – you know, he's great on the goal line. He's great inside the five. But just as Hill just – he's really played well ever since Keaton Mitchell got hurt in that Jacksonville game. Like, he's mm-hmm. the guy that can break a run for 35, 45 yards where Gus, you know, is just kind of like your two, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of. He's your short yardage. Um, I like Lamar rushing attempts this week, guys, at 10 and a half. Because to your point, Joe, like, yes, I do think the Ravens are going to run Lamar in this game. Like, it's the AFC championship, right? There's no tomorrow. <laughs> and – uh there's something about when Lamar goes up against Mahomes too. Like it just, it brings out like a different side of him, And he just, he, he as a player gets like so aggressive and wants the ball in his hands at all times. So when they run those zone read plays, I think, you know, maybe in other kind of games, he would give it to the running back. But I think in this kind of game, like he's going to look to keep it and try and do things himself. So I like the rushing attempts for Lamar. And if I were to pick a Ravens running back this week, for me, it would absolutely be Justice Hill. 
I like that second half under Loki. We're talking about PJ, especially with Mike mcdonald and his halftime adjustment so that that's a tough one because they're both good at making halftime adjustments so maybe an under uh is a good look there what about on the other side of the ball i was mentioning how when the ravens did lose to the colts and the browns both running backs on opposing teams rush for over 100 yards however pacheco's got the turf toe and if they're playing from behind Maybe it's a pass, but if we are seeing a little rain, maybe both teams, you know, will be looking to run a bit more in this matchup. Yeah, I'm torn on what to do with Pacheco. So, I mean, you're right, Aaron, like Ravens, the Ravens losing this year has kind of been correlated with them getting gashed on the ground a little bit. I was looking too at the six games that the Chiefs have lost this year. Five of those six games, Mahomes has thrown the ball 37 or more times and his pass attempts is 36 and a half. So I think that's correlated, especially if Pacheco's a little banged up. The Ravens are able to stop the run if they're winning in this game. I think Mahomes over pass attempts is the way to go. And then what TA was saying, I wouldn't more so look at Pacheco for rushing for the Chiefs. I would look at Mahomes. Like his longest rush over 12 and a half yards, I really like that. He's gotten that in the first two playoff games. His rushing yards at 26 and a half. CJ Stroud so many times last week, the pocket broke down and it seemed like 60% of the game, he had to like extend. He had to roll to his right, had to roll to his left, had to try and buy some time. Nobody's better at like manipulating the pocket than Mahomes is. He's so good at that and finding lanes to take off and run for like seven, eight yards. So I, uh, I like the Mahomes rushing yards angle. Don't love Pacheco this week as much. I, I think if you were to attack something, it would it would be Mahomes with the rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys, you've got Kelsey in the lower 60s. I thought they might bump that up a little bit. Not really interested there. Uh, Rice popped up in the injury report, but he looks like he's going to be fine. His number's 59 and a half. I just, I, when I look at the Chiefs and how it's going to be such a different challenge compared to the defenses they've faced over the last two weeks, I'm not looking at guys that I want to take over. Like, if you're forcing me, got to pick a Chiefs prop, I'd probably go under. I'd pick a spot to go under on a guy because th there's none that I have circled. Like, okay, here's how they're going to exploit the Ravens, and that's, that's always what we're looking for, those mismatches uh, in the prop market. That was one thing that stood out when TA was talking about how, you know, these props are so hard to bet come Thursday that maybe this is when you start waiting and look for some unders on guys because we've seen it since Monday, these props just getting out of control, bet up so much. Yeah. And they have. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I would say look, Lamar, I, I don't mind it. Yeah. I, I know the number with the rushing is very high. But like you said, we expect the attempts to be there. That number's at 10.5 for rushing attempts. And I brought it up the other day. I find it to be interesting that they were probably playing it smart throughout the season. Like, okay, you'll run, but let's limit it a little bit. Let's not be stupid about it. But when he does run, like three of four games, he had a rushing touchdown. He had two of them, just like last week. So if, if you think he's going to get a rushing touchdown, put something on the two at 7-1. to one. I, I could see that. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they certainly have been saving them. Um, it's going to be interesting to see their game plan because, you know, the Chiefs know that they're not great against the run. The Ravens know that as well. They're certainly going to try to establish the run. They also haven't been running Gus Edwards as much as I thought they would towards the end right. of the year. So 
you know, he's kind of every game he gets about like nine, 10 carries. I wonder if this is one of those games where he gets like 15 or 16, but Justice Hill to me just looks like the much better back at this point. That's why I prefer his props and Lamar's props to Gus's this week. We continue to look at props with our next guest. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Up next, Paul Charchian shares all of his favorite prop bets for championship weekend. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Joe Ostrowski, PJ Glasser, and Aaron Hawksworth with you. And we are joined now by Paul Charchian of KFAN in Minnesota, Fantasy Football Weekly Podcast, and Guillotine Fantasy Leagues. Charch, so good to see you. Cannot wait to get to the props. So let's start on the NFC side. What are you looking at? Well, I want to start with George Kittle. Uh, Right now, looking at uh, his receiving yard total. And, of course, you can shop these around for a couple of yards difference here and there. But let's call it 60 and a half receiving yards. And the key here is Debo Samuel. Looks increasingly like Debo's not going to go. So we ground up the numbers on George Kittle's games without Debo Samuel, and it's compelling. Here you go. 25% target share. That's a big jump for where Kittle normally is. 91 yards per game. 91. And here's some recent tight end games against the Lions that are right in the ballpark of where Kittle's coming in. Last week, we saw Kate Otten go for 65 yards. That'd be an over. Week 18, Johnny Munt. 58 yards, TJ Hawkinson in week 16, 59 yards, Cole Komet, 66 yards in week 14. You know, good and um, honestly, not even that good. Uh, tight ends can get it done against the Lions. I like George Kittle over 60 and a half receiving yards. Love it, Charge. Yeah, I don't even think you need to get picky with Kittle. If you want to go longest reception, I saw that 22 and a half, like he's been flying mm-hmm. over 32 or higher. Uh, touch even up seven touchdowns at tight ends uh, that yeah. deep lines defense this year. So every which way on Kittle, that certainly makes a lot of sense. Uh, what is your plan of attack with CMC? You can't bet the anytime touchdown. Those numbers are long gone. Uh, two yep. plus touchdowns have become very popular. Uh, what are you doing positive or negative with him? Okay. So look, I'm the, look, nobody wants to bet against Christian McCaffrey betting against Christian McCaffrey is the black hole of fun. It's the two broke girls of fun. There is no fun to be had in betting the under, but I'm going to wreck. I'm just going to give you the data on the under and I'm going to let you decide for yourself. If you, if you're willing to sit and watch that game and just sit there rooting against Christian McCaffrey. Well, I want to start under on receiving yards. You'll find it right around 37 and a half. Now he's been under this line in three straight games and six of the past eight. And for the lions defense, Going back seven games, nobody has topped. No runners topped Christian McCaffrey's receiving yardage line. And over that span, the Lions have allowed just 25 receiving yards per game to runners. Now, obviously, Christian McCaffrey's the best running back they face because he's Christian McCaffrey, so anything's possible. But there's a lot of trends to suggest you can go under the 37.5 receiving yards. Let's look at the rushing yards because apparently that's not enough pain for you is rooting against Christian McCaffrey's receiving maybe for the whole game. Maybe you want to go contrarian on the on the rushing yards as well. Our line here, 87 and a half rushing yards. PJ, Aaron, Joe, how many runners hit the over 88 against Detroit this year? All of their games, including the playoffs. So we're talking whatever. Is that 20, 20 games? 
21. I'll say one. 20. Yeah, it can't be a lot because they've been playing from out in front, you would think. And God, they're terrible against the pass. So I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll go two. Two? Yeah, I was thinking two. Zero. Wow. wow. Zero. For Christian McCaffrey to hit this over, he has to post the best rushing game of any runner to face the Lions all year. Now, granted, he is the best runner to face the Lions all year, and anything's possible. <laughs> but this line is so far over, in fact, the next closest runner is still 19 yards away from Jeez. this 88-yard uh, over for Christian McCaffrey. Lions rank number one in rushing yards allowed. They rank number three in yards per carried allowed and number two in rushing attempts. Teams don't generally run a lot against the Lions. As Joe mentioned, you're oftentimes game scripted out of the running game. The Lions give up just 60 rushing yards per game to the running back position, the whole position. Christian McCaffrey will get the vast majority of that, but we'll see a little Elijah Moore here and there and whoever, uh, Elijah Mitchell rather. And so, you know, 88 and a half, just, I'm just saying that, look, it's not fun. But the data suggests we go under on receiving yards and rushing yards. What do you guys think? You, are you ready to have a no fun Sunday? It's Man. a pretty good argument you make. I mean, zero under 88 and a half yards. That is it's pretty crazy. Um, Charge, anything that you're doing with Brock Purdy, like is it correlated if the Lions have been so good against the run? You know, I'm thinking about the first two playoff games that Detroit has played, The and, you know, you look at the Rams, you look at the Bucks. both of those teams could just kind of come out and throw the ball. Like, would you yeah. look at a Purdy pass attempts? Would you look at his passing yards? Um, I know you like Kittle and CMC, but is there anything with Purdy that maybe you would do? I, I, I am interested in Purdy and what's going to be a – the path of least resistance is against that terrible, terrible Lions secondary. Cam Sutton and especially Kendall Vildor are a awful set of starting cornerbacks. So I, I am interested in Purdy. I think the angle is pass attempts. 29 and a half pass attempts is what I'm looking at. You're going to see a game plan that is, I, I don't see a scenario here, even with a seven point line where San Francisco is coasting uh, and running entirely in like the fourth quarter. This thing should be close enough. The Lions offense is good enough that San Francisco doesn't get away and they, and Brock Purdy doesn't get game scripted out of those attempts. Um, so I see tons of passing opportunity here. Um, hopefully Purdy makes good on that. I'd consider the over on 29 and a half. Anything else on the NFC side that you yes. like that we haven't touched on? Aaron, one more. Sam Laporta's number is almost suspiciously low, 48 and a half receiving yards. You know, his, his knee's healthy. He got targeted 11 times last week. So obviously not a lot of concern right. on the knee here, right? And if we take out the game in which he suffered the knee injury and the game right after that knee injury when he was clearly he was dragging around one dead leg, um, he's been over this line three of the past four games, seven of the past 11 games. And while the 49ers, are, they're obviously really good defense. But where are they a middle-of-the-pack defense? Against tight ends. They rank 14th in tight end yards allowed. They rank 22nd in tight end receptions allowed. The Niners give, uh, give up 48 yards per game on the season. They gave up 48 yards per game to tight ends, which is exactly where this line is, basically. Um, but Laporte is way better than the vast majority of the tight ends that they faced. So this feels like a good opportunity. We've had recent good games against the 49ers by Isaiah Likely, Trey McBride, the anonymous Seattle tight ends combined to go over this line. There's there's some recent examples of, of success from the tight end position, and, and Laporte is better than all those guys. So, yeah, 48 and a half over feels good. 
All right, Charge, let's go to the AFC side. Of course, Baltimore, Kansas City. Uh, everybody's talking about, we've been talking about a lot this week. So you can run on the Chiefs, but mm -hmm. where do you go in the prop market? So what are you thinking? Yeah, my favorite props of, the, of this uh, whole weekend sit with Justice Hill. I want to start in the receiving yards, which is uh, this is my favorite play of, of the whole weekend. Over 11 and a half receiving yards. Now, part of it is because Gus, Gus Edwards can't catch. He averages 0 0.7 receptions per game. Keaton Mitchell, you remember, he was their, he was their, their pass catching back, but he's dead. Now, Hill runs triple the pass routes of Gus Edwards. And over the last month, Hill is averaging 33 receiving yards per game. Why are we talking about a 12-yard receiving game line? He's averaging 33 over the last month. Opposing runners have hit 12 receiving yards against Kansas City in 10 of the past 11 games. And over those 11 games, 15 different runners have topped this line. The justice will be served. He's going to go over 11 and a half receiving yards in this game. And let's spend a second on the rushing angle for Justice Hill. Sorry about the long monologue. Last week, we saw Hill get a ton of playing time, and it was not all garbage time in the fourth quarter when the Ravens were way up. When the game was still within two scores, Hill had 14 targets and runs combined. And just, Gus Edwards, isn't that good? He's plodding straight ahead guy. Hill, dynamic. Over the past five Ravens games, he's averaging five and a half yards per carry. And while the Chiefs' run defense has been better lately, as you already mentioned, Joe, the, the path of least resistance for the Chiefs is on the ground. That pass defense is fantastic. So Chiefs are seeing a very healthy 26 rushes against them. Last week, two different bills, uh, top 30 rushing yards. We got a great opportunity for Justice Hill to go over the 33 and a half rushing yards. Love that, Charge. Yeah, we were just breaking down the game, and I was talking about how I like Justice Hill this week. So I'm right there with you as well. What about All Lamar right. Jackson? What are you doing with him this week? I had an incredible game against the Texans. He threw for 100 yards, ran for 100 yards, threw for two touchdowns, ran for two touchdowns. So is there an angle that you like with Lamar or don't like this week? With Lamar? Well, okay, I'm almost never this chalky, and I hate the value on this, but the Lamar Jackson under one and a half passing touchdowns, it's minus 180, which is, it, it, it. I almost took this off the board at that price, but seven straight quarterbacks have thrown zero or one touchdown against Kansas City, and 10 of the past 11 have thrown zero or one. Uh, Jackson had the fewest passes of any starting quarterback this past year, just 29 per game. Third fewest completions, just 19 per game. And, you know, Jackson had that huge week 17 where he threw the five touchdown passes and just salted away the MVP award. But aside from that, he's, he's averaging just 1.1 passing touchdowns per week, 1.1. So, you know, we'll take the under here. I don't, obviously, I don't love the minus 180, but we'll make a few dollars on, on cashing what is a very likely winner. Wow, you found some good stuff here, Charge. All right. I came into this show thinking I wanted to bet over on Isaiah Pacheco. Then Paul Aspen, our producer, he had a toe injury once and told me to never trust a guy with turf toe. So now I'm torn. <laughs> Maybe you can help me make a decision. Uh, <laughs> Paul's toe injury should, should not weight the scales uh, of our discussion here too much. I, I love Pacheco here. Uh, okay, so the I want to talk about over on attempts and over on rushing yards. The attempts number is 14 and a half. Rushing yards sitting right in the neighborhood of 63 and a half. Uh, Ravens have lost four games this year. Here's what's happened to them against the run in those four losses. 
30 rushes per game, 123 rushing yards per game. Kansas City's game plan should be run the ball. This is how everybody beats the Ravens is they run on them. Ravens stymied uh, Devin Singletary last week. Don't care. That's you know, that I don't think that's relevant here. The prior five games, the Ravens ranked 29th in rushing yards allowed, 30th in yards per carry, giving up 5.2 yards per carry since week 10. So we're not even going that far back, right? We're going just into uh, early December, late November. Five different backs have topped 100 yards against Baltimore. And again, we're only trying to get to 63 and a half. Ravens, they're a very good pass defense. You already know that. You can, the, the path of least resistance. Again, we keep talking about it. We're going to go where the game script is likely going to go. We're going to go on the ground. Opposing runners averaging 24 carries per game. Pacheco's not going to need nearly that. I like him to get a ton of volume in this. And by the way, just the eye test. How has Pacheco looked to you guys? How has Pacheco looked when he's run the ball? Really good. Yeah, excellent. Really good. He yeah. looks, mm-hmm. he runs mad. I love it. And I love when, when you that... when you watch them. You're like, why don't they use him more? Like that's my yeah. takeaway most of the time. <laughs> yes, I think this is the spot where they're going to use him more. Right here, um, mm-hmm. I like it. This is uh, this is a great opportunity for Pacheco. This is one of my favorite plays of the day. What about the only receiver they could depend on this season, Rashi Rice? What are you doing? So this one's super complicated, and you're gonna you're gonna have to decide a lot about Kyle Hamilton. So let's talk for a minute about the league's best coverage safety. So Kyle Hamilton is the second year star safety that they put into coverage one of two ways. They deploy Kyle Hamilton one of two ways. If there's a really good slot receiver, Kyle Hamilton goes on the slot receiver. If there's not, then Kyle Hamilton will usually pick up the tight end. The catch here though with the Chiefs is, They're really good at both spots. They've got Rasheed Rice and they've got Travis Kelsey. So where's the priority going to be? But here's what you need to know about Hamilton. He's pro football focuses, number two graded coverage safety. Here's the average, the average receiving game in Kyle Hamilton's coverage. 15 yards and 0.06 touchdowns. That's it. He owned the position's best opposed passer rating 46 that's it so Rasheed Rice in the slot I think is going to see plenty of Kyle Hamilton in a lot of ways based on where just where he is in in his career where Travis Kelsey is in his career I think Hamilton's going to be on Rasheed Rice running out of the slot a ton and get this here's my final clincher for you this over under 59 and a half yards you know how many times Kyle Hamilton allowed 59 yards in his coverage this year Zero. You got it. Zero. Not a Aaron, very sharp. I'm not losing Zero. again. Yeah, that's right, yeah. baby. <laughs> very That's trainable. the answer key. The answer today is zero. Zero. That's right. So I'd consider the under Rasheed Rice 59 and a half. There's a chance Kyle Hamilton doesn't take Rice. He just takes Travis Kelsey the whole game. And then, you know, this angle is dead. But even so, Rice is no clinch to go over that number. So Charge are you just going to leave Kelsey okay. props alone? Sorry. Yep. Sorry, I am. Yeah. I'm, I like this angle better. Yep. Yeah. I was going to ask about Kelsey too. So it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see how they use Kyle Hamilton. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. He's so good. He's so Charge, good. Charge, thank you so much. You found some Tons great fun, my nuggets friends. for us. Good luck Absolutely. this weekend. This is Beck All right. Daily presented by BetMGM. Up next, we'll look at some NBA awards markets. Rookie of the year. 
six man of the year, and more. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth with you on this Thursday. It was nice to have PJ Glasser with us for a little bit this morning. Good to get a fresh perspective. He seems to be pretty locked in on the Ravens, since he is a Ravens fan. So I like to have that. And then we've had a couple awesome guests this morning as well. So make sure you download the podcast if you missed it. One thing I didn't miss... Was Giannis and the Bucks going off last night? We Boom. were all over that. The whole coach gets fired. You know those guys were going to show up and prove they made the right decision. So Giannis triple-double got that at plus 731 at BetMGM. That hit and over on his PRA hit as well, Joe. How did you do? Well, I mean, come on. Paul Aspen was laughing at us for buying into the narrative that we tried to tell him was going to be the case. It's like, I can't believe you guys are falling for this. This number's way too big. And then boom. Patsos Giannis, too. Patsos yeah, oh, I know. In my the side. When, he, when Patsos was <laughs> out, I was in. That's when I knew. Right. Like, let's, let's go all the way in. No, I mean, Giannis, he's got a triple-double three of the last four games. It's ridiculous. This, this was actually starting before the firing. Bad job by me. Doc was not on the sidelines <laughs> last night, right? Doc was not on the sidelines last night. So uh, bad job so by game me. Game one, game yeah. one, he's yeah. Oh. Game one when he's there, out. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if it's the Blazers. Give me the Blazers, whatever. <laughs> so yeah. the no, Bucks I was like, beat the Cavs perfectly... by ten. Go ahead. So yeah, not the biggest cover in the world, but Aaron, you're all over the Giannis angle. Uh, and this, again, these big dogs seeing each other and keep trying to one up each other and be the Jokic and Giannis. So love that hit there with the triple double. Um, I just, I don't know how to fade the bucks until it's like the playoffs, to be honest with you. Like you can't bet a no on a championship, even though like I took a quick spin around, or at least I don't see one. Uh, maybe I could look a little harder, I guess, but have not seen a no on like a bucks championship or a bucks Eastern conference. Um, which would be, you know, a hefty price for sure. But maybe it's like second round against the Pacers is where I, you know, go after my doc fade or something like that. But in the meantime, no, there's not like the regular season. He did. He did fine in the regular season with the Sixers. This is a playoff fade. We all know that. So what do you, yeah. I mean, what do you guys think about that number? Um, there's no value in it. They've got a very no. tough schedule coming up the rest of the way. They have the toughest schedule in the NBA. And to this point, they have the easiest. So that's part of the reason that they made made the change because um, they know what's coming up down the road. Second shortest number in the East. Third, like there's a there's a tier of top three, and it's really close. It's Celtics. They're the favorite, and then Nuggets and Bucks very close, uh, shorter than five to one. It's like there's no value. You know the record isn't going to be as strong as it is as gone the rest of the way. Like I, what what do you do? If if you're fine, if you can find a no to bet it, like what's the best price that we're gonna see? I'm not sure. Um, God, yeah, you can't bet them. A doc team shorter than five to one, and the way the defense is playing, I mean, yeah, they had a cover last night. But how is it? How long is it gonna be till they recover defensively? 
or if they even get to that point. I don't know. Maybe you can take the uh, opposing team on the money line and roll that over, Paul. <laughs> yeah. He's right. so I loud. mean, I do know rotations with Doc, there was a lot of blowback about ro his rotations in Philly. So, like, I don't know. Maybe yeah. there's something there prop-wise or something once he kind of gets in there and we kind of see how he's using different guys. Um, maybe there's something there. But, yeah, as far as regular season, not much. Uh to like actively fade there so yeah i mean if anything, is it is it do you just bet on the celtics in the east or bet on the nugget like i think like noobs will be on with us tomorrow he's been like hey it's just kind of the nuggets and everyone else i believe that was him like all season so like is it is it as simple as that um probably the clippers number keeps getting shorter so i don't know I think in the East, like maybe it opens the door for someone like the 76ers at 11, like 11 to one, um, plus 475 in the East. I don't, it's just, it's, it's never the Bucks. I'll just be looking for ways to bet. Even if it's not betting against the Bucks, betting on other teams in the East. What about exact so, matchups I'm, for the finals? Like Nuggets and Sixers, Nuggets and Celtics, just key Nuggets in, and whoever. Key in, Nuggets, Celtics, key in the Nuggets and just, yeah. That's an option too. All right, I, I've got a possibility to, to fade. If you want to fade, Doc, rest of the way. Updated win total, fifty-four and a half. Whoa, so it's not a regular season thing. It's a playoff thing. Okay, it's a playoff. But I'm just saying they've got the toughest schedule, and there, there's going to be an adjustment period. So to, for them to go over that, twenty-four and fourteen. That's not asking that much. Yeah, well, I mean, then maybe it overs a bet. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I have a fun bet. Oh. Don't... Okay, real, real, real quick, and then Aaron, you're, you get we get Cavs redemption tomorrow with Doc on the sidelines. There we go. There we go. We're back. What? Go ahead, Aaron. It's not a. You just uh, said it's not a regular season. <laughs> <laughs> now you're looking for Cavs redemption in the regular season. So last night, uh, 
tough night for Luca and the Mavs. That's a team I do not want to bet on to win the championship. Did you guys hear about the Suns fan who was ejected for telling Luca to get on a treadmill? No. Ejected? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. He had Luca had him thrown in. out. Yeah. Yes. I've had enough like, of Luca. Grow up. Same. Fade I'm the Mavericks. Any I'm chance done. you get. Yeah. And yeah, who's the analytics guy that they fired? The the big NBA better. Used to be an NBA better. Like Luca was behind that move too. Like he's always worried about what other people are thinking, what other people are saying. Oh, you were he was really mad because that that guy was not courtside at the end of games because he was working he was running numbers in his office in the last couple minutes of the game so he's like oh you you quit on us when we were coming back you left the team no i was doing work look at so thin-skinned man get out of here booker dropped 46 don't look now but the suns remember we talked about it this is the time they're gonna go on a run eight in a row they've won they're hot right now if we want to tie this all together, Bucks, Mavs, Suns, etc. So after these next two games for the Bucks, uh, home against Cleveland, home against the Pelicans, at Denver, at Portland, at Dallas, I don't know how you fade them both, at Utah, at Phoenix. Maybe those yeah. road games at Denver, at Utah, at Phoenix is where we fade the Bucks. Maybe that's, you know, especially if they're trying to get, get things going, Doc's trying to do whatever it is that he does put his stamp on things maybe that's and but again joe that speaks to your point like if you're gonna bet the win total under do it now before that tough road stretch are we is it going to be a celtics bucks or celtics sixers eastern conference final that if bucks and if bucks and sixers are on the same side which we expect that's gonna be a fun that's gonna be a fun one yeah. yeah, I would love that. And it's also Nick sure. Nurse, like against Doc Rivers, if it's those yep. two teams. Oh, um, dude. I, I know, like, yeah. I, I know you guys have, like, my Philly Homer, like, secret Philly Homer fandom comes out or whatever. But <laughs> secret. I've never, I've, well, no, secret. but I've been, like, so anti Sixers in the Doc era. Like, but I would be betting on the Sixers. Nurse against Doc, that's not even a question. No. No, that's easy. That's an easy one for sure. Man. All right. Let's pivot to these NBA award markets. And Joe, we can look at rookie of the year where it seems like it's just been a back and forth battle between Chet Holmgren and Wemby. Are you looking at either of these guys? So thinking about the priors where we were before the season started, the consensus was, okay, a lot of betters were, pumping up homegrown like okay there's a little bit of value on chat that's the bad i, I want to say he was around three to one at that stage and then chet took off to start the season when was a slower start but lately like if you look at what's happened in the last month a month ago chet was the minus 280 favorite and Wemby was the second favorite getting plus money all that plus money is gone vic is now the favorite and he should be the favorite so the guy that, you know, has the potential to be an all-timer, something we haven't seen before, now he's ahead in every stat category. I don't think team success matters, but now we're looking at Wembenyama, minus 150. You can find Chad at plus 150. 
Vic has him in points. He's averaging three more points per game. He's got him in rebounds. He's averaging three more rebounds per game. He's averaging a half block more per game. Like he's got him in every category, and it's Vic, and he he's the number one pick. I I think we're at a point now. There's going to be no turning back. This number is going to continue to get higher and higher, and it's going to be Wembenyama winning this. Hmm. See, I'm maybe I'm scratching and clawing to try to make a Chet argument. So one thing I did find interesting, obviously wins don't really seem to matter when you're looking at NBA Rookie of the Year. But with Chet on the floor this season, the Thunder is scoring up, outscoring opponents by 7.3 more points per 100 possessions than they did last year. So I think that could be one interesting thing. Like he's just making his team better when he's out there. So I still think it should be pretty close. And now you can find value on Chet. He's also surrounded by a lot more than what Vic is dealing with there too. So it's, you know, when thinking about this and if Chet is going to get the credit, I was also looking at the number of Thunder players that are in the mix for other awards. You've got SGA as a third favorite. There's a chance he could take the MVP. He's second favorite Chet is for defensive player. The odds say he's not going to win. But he's in the conversation as the second player because Gobert's so far ahead. And then we've got Rookie of the Year. So it's interesting. Thunder were the hot team before the season started. People were making all sorts of bets on them. We'll see if they hit multiple of them. But that's something I'm considering. Okay, how many OKC guys are going to win something? It's, you would think it's going to be at least one. Yeah, and it probably doesn't matter if the Thunder are going to be playing in the playoffs because it's a regular season award. But I say right. there's value on Chet. Maybe just take a flyer on that you're listening to betql daily presented by betmgm